Welcome to the Bet US Golf, Tennis and Horse Racing Show. Today, it's all about the 153rd running of the Travers Stakes at Saratoga. It's over 10 furlongs. That's one mile and a quarter of old money. Now, before I introduce the man it's going to take us through, we've got eight runners. Then, first of all, I'd like to remind you we're America's favorite sports books. I'd like you to subscribe. Also, I'd like you to ring the bell. Ring the bell means we will notify you. You'll never miss any content again. And if you're on social media, get yourself following at BetUSTV. Every single sport we cover. And today is just typical of us. We started with soccer, then MLB, and then there's NCAAF. Then we do the horse racing. And we've not even finished there because we go to the US Open at Flushing Meadows at 5 o'clock Eastern time today. Now... This is one race that I've looked at and I think to myself, I've got the winner. So I tell my expert, who's Brian Zipsy, and he's also been my partner all through the season as these three-year-olds get closer and closer to the Breeders' Cup. Brian, I think we've got this race nailed. Well, I sure hope so, uh, Flash. Uh, Epicenter is a horse who we've been following all year. He's been good since, uh, since January and he looks like the horse to beat in the Travers coming off a really good prep over the track uh, last month. Yeah, and that was in obviously Jim Dandy. That was group two. And that seems to be the monkey on his back at the moment because we're talking about if he wins this, he wins horse of the year. And yet we're talking about a horse who hasn't won a grade, uh, grade one. And yet we've got like Cyberknife who wins the Haskell, early voting who won the Preakness. We have Rich Strike who won the Derby. And yet the horse of the year is the one who ran second in the Derby and second in the Preakness. Yeah, Flash, I, I wouldn't say horse of the year yet. Three-year-old, male of the year, yeah. Yeah, but that's good enough. We're only talking about three-year-olds. I'm not interested in old, older horses just yet. He's uh, he's an interesting horse. I mean, he's he's run so many good races. He's run big races off the pace. He's run them on the pace. Lately, he's been rallying. Uh, yeah, grade one, it, it's odd sometimes because he's won three grade two races this year. And I think a lot of those grade two races were better than some of the great ones that these other horses have won coming into the Travers. Yeah, fair comment. Uh, the other one is that obviously when he did come second, chasing home early voting, it was given an absolute dog of a ride. Um, and now with only eight runners, I don't think there's any excuses whatsoever. I also have a little question mark whether the horse doesn't like to be in front too long. Maybe uh, he was caught early in the year when he uh, when he led uh, for most of the race. He, he got nailed on the wire uh, in the Kentucky Derby. Again, that was a strange pace too fast early and Epicenter was close chasing that pace. It looked like he had to beat off Zandon, who was outside him and rallying to win the Kentucky Derby. And he did that nicely, Flash. Lo and behold, Rich Strike off that fast pace came uh, rallying up the rail to the surprise of just about everyone. And and again, nailed Epicenter at the wire. But like I said, since uh, lately, since since that race, he's been rallying uh, in the Preakness. He was shuffled back and came running up the rail to be second to early voting. And last time the Jim Dandy, it was a it was a short field, but he was last early. Joel Rosario rode him very confidently and he rode him to an easy win against good horses in the Jim Dandy. If you're on the best horse, just give him a target to go by. You have only got to go by him in the last 50 yards. You don't get and when you're doing group ones, you don't get nothing more for winning by 10 lengths than you do half a length. So just give him a target. You're on the best horse. Then just drop his head on the line for all I care, because I've celebrated twice thinking that he was going to win and uh, came second on both occasions. So what we're going to do is we're going to go through the eight contenders in post position with jockey, with trainer. And the odds will be at the bottom. I'm going to uh, tee them up. And you can just tell me 
of what they've done this year or how you think they're going to get on in this race. So uh, let's crack on with the uh, the first one. Very impressive last time out in the Haskell. It's number one. Uh, it is number one because it's going to be in post position. Number one, it's Cyberknife, Brad Hitchcock, Florian Giroux, and at plus 350 seems a bit defensive to me. Yeah, plus 350 is not bad in an eight-horse field with the horse who's won two grade one races this year. But I, I honestly still have my doubts about Cyberknife. His his wins, his three-stakes wins have come at shorter distances. His only try at a mile and a quarter, he did not do much in the Kentucky Derby. Maybe he had a little uh, a trouble uh, during the race, but uh, he came back uh, way, way well back of horses like Epicenter and Rich Strice, the winner, and, and Zandon, of course, in there. Uh, two stakes wins since the Kentucky Derby. Both have been hard fought. Uh, lesser horses in the map win, but uh, Howling Time was loose on the lead and, and Cyberknife ran him down. And then he ran a big house call against good horses. Now he's got to prove he can do it at a mile and a quarter at Saratoga against the division leaders. Yeah, and also coming down from uh, position one. He's going to be able to get switched off and just travel into the race, which has obviously seen him to best effect. I think he runs on into a place. I've got him down as uh, coming second, Brian. Yeah, Cyberknife, you know, I think the rail draw is not a bad spot for him. He's shown that he can move uh, through horses, in between horses, and he can move up the rail. So the, the rail draw is the thing. For me, it's a mile and a quarter at Saratoga against the likes of Epicenter. But, uh, yeah, no problem with uh, with the, the, the trainer, the jockey, and the, and the post position. If Cyberknife's good enough, he'll have every shot to win this. Okay, let's have a look at position number two, because this is where dreams were made, because you've got rich strike coming out of two eric reed sonny leon remember he won the kentucky derby earlier on in the year first time up plus 1000 which is 10 to 1 in old money and that tells you everything for me i think it was one of them that the night before the race they've rubbed the genie it's popped out didn't give them free wishes just gave them the one and they took it bry yeah, Rich Strike was a shock when he won the Kentucky Derby Flash. There's no other way to say it. He was 80 to 1. We don't see horses win the Kentucky Derby at 80, 80 to 1 very often. And Rich Strike did it. Uh, I'll, again, I've, I'm repeating myself here, but the reason he won it was because it was a crazy fast pace. And he was able to come from way, way back. And he, Sonny Leon, leave, give credit to the jockey. He was able to weave through horses and find the opening. And he finished with a flourish in that mile and a quarter race. Besides yeah, that, his only other win is in maiden claiming. His only race since the Kentucky Derby, he really did nothing in the Belmont Stakes, a race that they pointed him for. I think he's up against it here because I don't see a fast pace, and I, and I don't see any other way he wins against really good horses unless he gets almost an unnatural early pace where that late kick of his can kick in. Okay, well, let's go on to horse number three because this is a horse that's right under the radar for me. Uh, it's number three. Ain't life grand. It's Kelly Von Hemmel and Tyler Gaffalioni at plus 2,000. I think the price tells you everything. Yeah, he's he's a deserving long shot. Uh, really nice record. He's, he's bred in the state of Iowa. We don't see very many good horses bred in the state of Iowa. And that's where he's been running. Almost every single race he's running his career has been at Prairie Meadows in Altoona, Iowa. He's been very good of late. He has a strong closing kick and he's been beating some stakes horses but uh restricted horses in iowa the iowa derby was his one claim to fame two races back it wasn't the kind of uh, uh, uh class that he'll see of course here in the drivers plus he's never been more than a mile 16th 
He's got a lot of questions to answer. He's an interesting horse. He might be a good horse, but I think this is too much for him on Saturday. Yeah, there's a difference between being good horse and very good horse, and I think you're going to need to be because we've got three runners in here who have been there, seen it, done it, and remember, your favourite, and obviously I think it's going to be our pick, has not even done it at the top level. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, Ain't Life Grand is just going to enjoy the day and hope the connections. And he comes home uh, safe, sound, and ready to run again. Now, number four, uh, coming out of four, is Gilded Age. And obviously, we thought the, the horse coming out of three at plus 2,000 was an outsider. Well, this is plus 3,000. Uh, Bill Martin and Junior Alvarado will uh, be teaming up but again at plus 3000 it's another one of those where they run into the money they're going to be absolutely over the moon yeah i mean he you can compare this horse a little bit before the travers to rich strike before the kentucky derby he's a real long shot he has no early speed he's been building it looks like to a good race since he came over from a unsuccessful trip overseas he's run two good races he won an allowance at churchill where he came flying down the stretch to get up and win and then in the uh, the Curlin Stakes behind Artorias, he was the horse that uh, rallied late to be second, albeit a well-beaten second. Yeah. I, I think this horse is a horse that, you know, if he can rally for third and fourth, uh, the connections would be happy. Yeah, you say second to Artorias. So Artorias is our horse uh, coming out of five. And to be fair, if you were second to Artorias, we needed a map and a compass to find it. But coming out five, Artorias, Chad Brown, Irad Ortiz Jr., the punter's jockey, uh, plus 400. I think that's short enough for what the horse has done, though, Bri. It really is. You know, plus 400 on a horse coming into the Travers with only three lifetime races. It reminds me a little bit of, of where Chargic was before the Kentucky Derby flash. Artorias, and Artori, you know, he's, he's a horse who could be any kind. And, and I say that about Charger, the horse that we're missing here in the Travers. But it's true of Artorias, too. And the race he ran in the Curlin looked visually impressive over the Saratoga track. He's well-bred. One of three from trainer Chad Brown, who's the leading trainer here. Irad Ortiz Jr. is the leading jockey here. So you, you got the connections on a lightly, horse, uh, lightly raced horse getting better by the race. Is he ready for this test? It remains to be seen, but he is uh, he's interesting at least. Do you think he goes to the front early or he's up in the van? I think Irad will will stalk. I think he'll be um, actually I, I think several horses want to follow early voting, don't want to let early voting get too far away. And I think he's one of them. OK, yeah, good. Uh, OK, let's move on to the horse number six, because he this horse owes me. Um, and it's funny to say that when he's come second in uh, two Group 1s this year, but still elusive Group 1 winner. It's Epicenter. It's Steve Asmussen. Joel Rosario, who definitely owes me after that run in the Preakness. And plus 100, I think we've got to just look at the price and say, do we hope that we're going to get better than plus 100? Plus 100, uh, we're, we're, we're getting a little bit low on uh, on those odds for Epicenter. I, I, listen, I think he's strictly the horse to beat. Uh, you know, I, I do subscribe to the notion that he was unlucky in both the Kentucky Derby and the Preakness. He could be a horse who's won two legs of the Triple Crown. Uh, he's won everything else recently. Like I said, the Jim Dandy, that race over the track where he beat Zandon and Tawny Port in early voting was very impressive. Uh, he's got a target on his back, and it'll be interesting to see how Joel Rosario rides him because, as I said, he's kind of changed his running style of late where he comes from more off the pace. 
you, uh, you you said something early at the beginning of the show. Well, why not just wait to the last 100 yards and, and blow by? And that that's usually not how we do it in American racing. That's more European racing where they, they wait, 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 and then they go at the end. Uh, I think I think as the favorite, you got to take the race to the horses that are out there a little bit. I wouldn't uh, want to see Epicenter last again like he was in that short field in the Jim Dandy. Strictly the horse to beat. I, I don't know if I like plus 100, though, Flash. Well, that, that's my uh, next question, because when does the the love for the horse or the fancy that the horse is going to win, when does it get no value? Because I'm looking and thinking, OK, I was happy around the plus 150. If it starts to get to plus 100, uh, how low can we actually go? Yeah, I mean, every every race is different and you have to decide for yourself. The good news is Epicenter is a really, really consistent horse. He runs his race every time. Clearly, he right, likes this track. I think he is in fine, fine form. I think Asmussen's been uh, looking forward to this race ever since the Preakness, and I think all systems go, but you got to decide, is that value worth it? Basically, you're trying to double your money on a win bet at plus 100. It's it's borderline low for me, even though he's clearly my pick. Yeah, it is borderline low. Maybe you have to find something else to go with it, or you try and find a horse that's going to come second. Um, the pace in the race is definitely going to come out of position number seven and if it had, if there's any trouble in behind he will not be looking back even though he was picked up and carried over the line by epicenter in the gym dandy but early voting chad brown again jose ortiz and now plus 800 i mean a lot of people are going to be thinking that he's going to be one for the free not for me i think he gets overtaken uh swinging off that corner at saratoga yeah, I mean, if you're if you're looking for value, I could see people jumping on early voting a little bit. Uh, you you have to you have to say, well, the Jim Dandy was the race that he wasn't geared up for. They were pointing for the Travers, and he will be better this time. I think that remains to be seen, but we'll see. He is the speed. He should be on the lead. I will say, in the Wood Memorial, when he was on the lead, Mo Donegal ran him down. In the Jim Dandy, when he was on the lead, everybody ran him down. Yeah. In the Preakness, his big win. He had a horse out there on the lead that he was able to target. He took over easily when that horse packed it in, and suddenly he had a clear lead. That's a little different than leading from the outset, and I don't see much choice other than leading from the outset here in the Travers. He has proven he can go the distance with that mile and 316th win in the Preakness, but I'm, I'm not one that thinks he's going to bounce back suddenly from that very mediocre performance in the Jim Dandy to suddenly win the Travers or even be one of the top two. Yeah, I mean, that Preakness for me had um, identical look, the same as the uh, Kentucky Oaks. Secret Oath went round the outside. Ness tried to come up the rail. No good. Preakness, early voting goes round the outside. Epicenter comes up the rail and doesn't get the run. And then, listen, you cannot, you can give good, you can give horses uh, weight, but you cannot give them start. And that's exactly what they were doing, but at the back end of the race. Um, but we know that he's going to be giving us the pace in the race. So that's always nice to have that target on his back. Now, horse number eight, you take out the favorite. And here is your favorite, I believe. It's position number eight. It's Zandon. It's Chad Brown again. Flavian Pratt, plus 500. Definitely going to be in the free for me, Bry. It's just, I can't see him beating Epicenter. He's failed to do it all season. Yeah, he's he, he's taking his swings. Uh, you know, the, the risen star, he he had some trouble at the start and the pace was slow. He was never going to catch up the center that day. 
in the Kentucky Derby, he had every chance, but he was lapped on epicenter pretty much the entire race. If you think, like we do, Flash, that an epicenter is the best horse in the Travers, it's hard not to like Zandon a little bit, because if you look at that Kentucky Derby, he was right there with epicenter. Uh, his race coming back, I think, was more a prep uh, for him than maybe a few other horses. I think Chad Brown was really looking to get him ready for the Travers. He ran a good race. He, he was second best, clearly, to epicenter that day. I have every reason to believe, despite he's the fourth choice on the line there, plus 500, I have every reason to believe that he's the horse to beat below epicenter for second place. So he's, he's got to be nailed into the free. By the way, Neuro in the chat says, any thoughts on trifecta and superfecta? Yeah, we're actually going to give you free selections. And I'm, the selections that we've chosen, we've done them in order. We've done them in first, second, and third. So obviously the first one, the number one you do is win. And then you can then mix and match how you like. And we are very close, as we always are in our, uh, in our thought process. Okay, let's have a little look at the odds. And let's see if we can see where maybe we're going to get a bit more value. If we're patient, we hold back our hand and we've got to play the pot. Because we've got Cyberknife at plus 350, which I think is going to be nailed on. But the money's going to be around number six, Epicenter. When does the public say that we are not willing to back this horse at a certain price. Right. I, I, I mean, it's it's going to be interesting to see what they do at the track. Is Epicenter going to be a four to five favorite, uh, or is he going to be more of a, a three to two favorite? If he's a three to two favorite, that shows the public thinks he's beatable and they're willing to take a shot at the heavy favorite. If he's four to five, that shows us that he is clearly the one that everybody likes and, and they're willing to back him even at a lower price. You talked about exotic wagering, where we're betting exactus, trifectus, superfectus. That's what I'll be looking to do. And, uh, I, you know, usually there can be more value there playing the, the horse you like best. And this is a race that I and, and, and you agree that you, we like the same horse best. So I'm going to try to put him on top and see if I can't get a little value underneath. Is any of your value going to include two, three or four? I will try to get Gilded Age into the bottom of the exotics as a real long shot, but Zandon will be my key. If Zandon runs second, that'll be good for me. If Zandon runs third, that would be okay for me. Uh, so I really you, do like upsetter okay, best, us, Zandon second best. Take us back to school. So I, I just say I pick six, one, and eight. How, what is that bet called if I have them in any order? And can I do epicenter to win? So I have six to beat one or six to beat eight. Uh, so I have six, one, eight or six, eight, one. Yeah. So if, if you're talking about uh, three horses to run one, two, three, we're looking in American racing at a trifecta. Uh, and then what you can do if you really like Epicenter as the best horse, as the likely winner, it's a trifecta key. And that means uh, you, you're, you're, you're only betting two, making two wagers here. It's either six, one, eight or six, eight, one. You can include more horses in that key to give you more chances. Obviously, you're making more wagers than if you wanted to throw in that long shot that might rally up for third Gilded Age in that trifecta key. Then all of a sudden, you're talking about six wagers where you have six, one, four, eight key. Any any two of those three can run second or third in any position, and you win that trifecta bet. Does that not make more sense when we've got maybe a bigger field and we've got maybe a favorite? It's a little bit more like we took on the... Kentucky Derby favourite. We took on, obviously, the in the Belmont. But we're looking at this and thinking, well, I can't see six not being at the front. So then we've just got to find the others. 
Yeah, it, it's all about risk and reward. Uh, you know, if you're if you're looking at a trifecta key, some some big betters will say, yeah, Zandon and Cyberknife or maybe Artorius are the horses that are going to be second or third, and 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 they're willing to bet a hundred hundred dollar trifecta key six one eight, and okay. and all of a sudden you're you know you're 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 making a big bet on on a very uh, uh, small outcome. In other words, you only have two possible outcomes that can win. But in a short field, that's what you do. In a in a in a race like the Derby, you really do need to spread it out more. Payoffs are going to be much bigger. So if you hit a two dollar trifecta in the Kentucky Derby versus a twenty dollar trifecta in the Travers, you, it, it it might even out in that way. But you have a lot more uh, horses to to cover or to worry about in a race like the Kentucky Derby. Okay, so for me, let's uh, let's have a little look. Uh, see if there's any uh, questions here. Neuro saying we'll help you in the Q and A. Well, I think I've already done that, Neuro. So listen, if you do want to be uh, asking some more questions, just do it after I remind you and ask you to subscribe and also ring the bell means that we'll notify you you never miss any content again and we're going to have a like like we did last year there's 10 races from the breeders cup that we will be uh, covering look forward to that as well because i fancy there's going to be some top draw european horses coming across as there always is and the americans are happy this year because they think that they've got good horses as well and there'll be many of them that are returning returning winners so we're going to have uh, one hell of a festival there also if you're on social media then please um, follow at BetUSTV because every sport is covered there and uh, they'll keep you right up to date 12 months of the year 24-7. Okay, there's no questions. Let's get the best bets and explain to me your thought process, please. Brian? Epicenter all the way. I think he's the winner. So like we've talked about, plus 100 is, you know, I, I'm not going to bet him to win. I'm going to bet exotics. I'm going to bet trifectas mostly here. And the horse I'm going to use, the horse I'm going to key to run second or third, I'll have more on him for second than third is Zandon. I think he's been chasing epicenter all year. I think he's a really good horse. I think Chad Brown has him ready. Chad Brown has three good horses in the race, but Zandon is the horse I like best. I said earlier, I think uh, uh, there'll be a few horses chasing uh, uh, the early lead of early voting. And I think it's epicenter, Zandon, and Artorias who are closest early. Those are the three I like best. I, I'm taking a little bit of stand against the second choice, Cyber Knight, just coming back to a mile and a quarter, coming to Saratoga for the first time. But uh, you could you could kind of uh, uh, go either way for me on my third selection. I said Gilded Age maybe as a possibility, but for me, Epicenter 1, Zandon 2. So Zandon coming out of 8, so you've gone 6-8. I've gone 6-1-8, only because I, I don't feel Zandon's going to beat Epicenter. And I'm wondering if Cyberknife's going to just nip Zandon at the end because you expect Cyberknife to come up the rail and to be finishing probably the best, but I fancy that the uh, the winner has already flown. So am I working this out right? Epicenter for your selections. Epicenter at plus 100, Zandon at plus 500, Altorius at plus 400. Is that around a plus 4,000 trifecta? Uh, yeah, you're asking about 618 or... or or, or, yeah, or no, I'm asking. One? I'm asking about yours. So basically, your yours are uh, plus one hundred, plus five hundred, plus four hundred. So I uh, guess it's two going on five, which is ten going on four. Yeah, so is that I, plus four thousand? For for a trifecta, yeah, I think I think I would be happy if that paid uh, uh, about eighty dollars, which because yeah, that, and, and that's to a two dollar stake. Remember, exactly not a $1 what you stake. said. Yeah. 
Excellent. Okay, listen, Bri, we look forward to the race tomorrow. I do think that it would have been a little bit better if Charge It was in there, like you, but I've just got to be cheering on Epicenter. I've done it all year. You know that we've, we've done this for years, that I've gone with a horse, and then all of a sudden I leave it when we get to this stage of the season, and that's when it wins. So, Bri, from everyone at BetUS, I hope, uh, I hope we're both cheering on the winner. Um, good luck with Zandon as well, because I'll definitely have it in the free. I think a lot of people will. Um, Aaron says, no questions today, just taking notes. Thanks as always, guys, you're welcome. And uh, obviously having Brian as an expert is very, very good indeed. Okay, so from everyone at BetUS, take care, Brian. Enjoy the 133rd, 153rd running of the Travers Stakes at Saratoga. You take care.